Paint That Swell, the original degenerate surf radio show is brought to you by Billabong, grassroots core since 1973. Not only are the bong in behind all things swellian, they're also proud supporters of the world's maddest surf event, the Burley Singlefin Festival, kicking off this January 6th, 7th and 8th at Burley Heads on Queensland's Gold Coast. Now in its 26th year, the Burley Board Riders Single Fin Festival kicks off competitive surfing in 2023 with a heady mix of world champs and former CT legends, Gold Coast royalty and international celebrities. There's no shortage of burnouts, tweakers, trippers and cosmic apricot galactic travellers who still give the point that birth professional surfing a good dose of orange sunshine what for. With trophies handcrafted by the Lord of Outline, Rail, Volume and Channels, Ian, House of Burn surfboards. This is an event like no other. And this year, your boys Smivy and Deadly will be putting on an ATS Live, totally free, at the Burley Bowls Club. That'll feature the newly qualified Liam O'Brien, about to have his first crack at the CT, and the greatest human alive, Ryan Callanan. We'll be premiering a screening of Arkow's new edit, 2020, and that'll be at the Burley Bowls Club, Friday, January 6th. Doors at 4pm, free entry, presented by Gage Roads. The next day, the Burley Single Fin Festival kicks off with two days of style and substance and unbridled ripping in. You can smell the coconut oil and hash plumes already. Sunday will be finals day, culminating in live music on the point for all who come down. Burley Board Riders and Billabong present the Burley Single Fin Festival. If you can't join us over the weekend, you can tune in live for the finals day on Billabong and Burley Board Riders Facebook pages or Burley Board Riders YouTube channel. Check the Billabong Australia socials for links. Come and get stuck back into competitive surfing and do it the right way with a ripper weekend on Burley Point. I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the quarterback. Drop down. Say, bah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle with some humongous waves. Oh, that looks good, Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, yes, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking seek. I'm your host, the two-time gold cone piece award-winning surf journalist. Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch drunk Pikey, the Sultan of Psilocybin, the Maestro of Micro Dosing. 
Simivi. And I'm joined here as always by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, the Tracks magazine, and Waves magazine, Vaughn Rinsed Corn. Deadly. Hi. Happy holidays to you, Smivy. Happy returns. Hope you get a brand new whatever it is you're wishing for from Santa, mate. Yes, Vaughn, uh, a merry non-denominational uh, designated restive period to you as well, Vaughn. <laughs> and uh, I hope you uh, sincerely get the lot you marked. And you almost did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, yeah had a little health scare uh, in the last couple of weeks. Spent a week in hospital. Had 50 centimetres of my bowel removed. All is well, mate. Santa got the job done. And, uh, you know, I think it's really important that we take stock at this time of year to remember that he did die on the cross for our sins. So thank you, Santa. <laughs> That's right, yes. He uh, died on the cross, just a rotting corpse full of little lolly bags and fantails and and Japan, uh, Chinese plastic. Mm, oh, just coming out the, the gullet. And uh, just quickly, I, I, I don't want to labour on the uh, the illness, but uh, was it due to rinsing corn uh, or was it, wait, was it due to not rinsing the corn, Vaughn, or, or rinsing it too hard? I think it was a definite case of not enough rinsing going on. So let that be a lesson mm. to all, Smivy. Uh, if the corn has remained too dry, then, mm. uh, yes, the, the bowel will twist itself into knots in protest of lack of corn flushing, rinsing, purging, gurneying, whatever it takes mm. to keep the bowel system in top shape and working order, mate. Make sure you do it. Don't spend too long out of the ocean, Swellians. You've got to keep that corn clean. Rinse and rinse hard, my friends. Oh, that's it. And, I mean, if you do happen to get caught in some landlocked zone like you were down there in uh, Vico, you know, just take yourself to the nearest uh, crystal car wash and uh, get uh, get old mate uh, Raji on the gurney blaster and just spread them. <laughs> just spread them. It'll do. That's it, mate. Just and, uh, yeah, like yeah. A, far out there, like a laser focus these days. They can get right in there. Get You know, mm. you can get a jet stream that can – Pretty much tickle your tonsils if it gets you on the right angle. Oh, that's right. You'll be squirting water out the mouth like some kind of uh, Italian water fountain. <laughs> uh, well, Merry Chrissy, mate, or, yeah, like you say, whatever non-denominational uh, occasion that you use to have an excuse to just lie around and uh, not think about work or, or any of the pressures. And at this time of year, maybe it's worth remembering that, you know, fuck, it brings up a lot of trauma and a lot of shit for a lot of people. It's not always a festive season. It's a... A pretty dark time for people too. So for any Swillians out there who are just, you know, on your own or, uh, you know, away from your family or away from loved ones or just doing it, you know, uh, solo, mate, we're here for you. Smivy and deadly. And uh, just stay tuned because uh, more Swillness events coming in the new year. Lots more healing. Lots more work to be done, Smivy. And just, uh, you know, keep on keeping on, Swillians. It's... uh, you know, yeah, for, for all the uh, the relief and, and joy that you can feel at this time of year, sort of, you know, winding it down, um, it, it is a good time to take stock and also know that, you know, just around the corner is a new day and there's plenty to be frothing about. Uh, well said, well said, Vaughn. And it, it is quite the ir- irony, isn't it, that it comes around to this restive, festive season and the way we celebrate here in the West is just to uh, poison ourselves. Mm. Poison, poison ourselves with 
overindulgence of food, of uh, weird chemicals that are said to be this or that, but are often just cut up by some unscrupulous bikey. And, uh, you know, it's it's strange, isn't it, Vaughn? I feel like the message of Christmas, of, uh, of, of Jesus, of uh, Hanukkah, of uh, a crazy Kwanzaa. It's all been lost for, and it's been lost in a vortex mm. of indulgence and decadence and just stuff in your face till your fucking corn's about to explode internally and rupture. Yeah. So uh, that, everyone out there, right, you know, take it easy. Take it easy. Practice some, uh, you know, fucking don't go out there and just rack up credit card bills and buying pointless plastic shit that's going straight to a landfill the the moment little Johnny's had a gutful and thrown a tantrum after eating too many fucking sugary lollies. You know, just just take it easy. Give him a fucking, <laughs> give him a Swiss army knife and a stick and go, go on, little Johnny. Go and have a whittle on the fucking, on the veranda, mate. Mm. Go on. Mm. And, uh, you know, have, have have some gruel, maybe some, some lentils or some dal or some other kind of um, fairly low-impact gruel. You don't have to just... Fucking eat a full blown taduken to yourself, you know. Three, three creatures stuffed inside of ones. How long until they're stuffing pilchards inside of a taduken? Mm. You know, how long until they're putting the taduken inside of a cow? Mm. I mean, where does it stop? Boy? No, no, it, it doesn't stop. But actually, Smithy, uh, one of the, the the positive side effects of this uh, sort of you know medical emergency I went through is um, dry, dry Christmas, dry New Year's. Probably the first one since 1989, mate. So it's been a long, long time. And, uh, geez, I'm feeling clear, mate. I'm feeling clear and ramped up. And it's amazing. You give yourself just these tiny little breaks. You just treat yourself with this tiny bit of kindness. And the rewards are almost instantaneous, mate. So, yeah. yeah. Like I say, yeah, I agree with you. If, if people can just somehow tap into uh, that that thought process of just... Uh, of, of being kind to themselves. Fuck, that's the best gift you can give yourself at this time of year. And yeah, and uh, yeah, get up for the early. Just do all those nice little simple things over the Chrissy break, and and uh, hopefully you can kick off that new year just with all guns blazing, mate. Like we will be. We've got so much good stuff coming up in the new year, man. The Billabong, Burley Board Riders single fin shows are going to be on. We're going to be up there for Hello. that. Paco, Oki, Glindo, Dakota, and our girl Swelly and Queen Laura Enova all surfing in it. We got the Usher Cup coming up. Uh, oh, which hard. is, you know, the World Cup Board Riders Challenge. It's just so much good shit to look forward to. So stick with us, Swellians. It's coming on strong. Yeah, that's right. Rebuff the culture of consumption. Don't celebrate by poisoning yourself. Celebrate by doing some good shit for yourself. A few hoffs, a few medis, a bit of an ice bath. bit of a stretch. a corn rinse. And plenty of corn rinse.
Masters is a wrap and it's been taken out by Ballaram Stack and the pickle Molly Pickham. Uh, we heard from Ballaram a few days ago in Blitzed and uh, you've spoken to Molly Vaughan. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was your take on the event and and what did uh, Molly have to say? Um, I thought it was yeah, really fun to watch. Uh, obviously, I was laid up, so I just watched the entire thing. Man, it was a blessing. I was just lying uh, on the couch at Ridgeway's house, Neil Ridgeway, my old boss from Tracks Magazine, way back in the day. Yeah, mate, we just sat on the couch, watched the whole thing, and um, I thought. It was a, a fun event to watch. Like, whenever Pipeline is just wobbly and deathly and full of sand and there's a, a sort of, you know, a new swell hitting it and it's just unruly, it's always, like, fucking gnarly. But I thought that uh, there was a few issues. I thought the lack of drama, just with the way that the format was sort of set up, was pretty... It, it sort of took away from it a bit, you know? Like, no priority. Um, the the way that uh, the, the heats kind of set themselves up it just didn't lend itself to much of a narrative for, you know, what it meant. Like, it was it was kind of hard to, to, to buy into, if you know what I mean. But I don't know. Like, uh, I guess that is more of a result of the consistency of the surf, mate. Like, the f- good heats were so few and far between. Actually, good rides were few and far between. It was just a lot of sitting around, a lot of sort of just trying to find anything that could give you an edge. And uh, I thought the the highlights were, were few and far between. But in saying that, like the format and the 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 crew who were in it, men's and women's, was fucking incredible. Like, imagine the 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 waves that they got for the Billabong Pro at the start of the year in that format with that field. Like, it would have been fucking phenomenal, man. Like, it would have been so so good. But yeah, plenty to like there, Smithy. Uh, I thought the early rounds had a couple of pretty good heats, like. The Mason Ho, Ivan Florence, Mikey Feb, and Tosh Tudor heat. That was bullshit. And uh, big props to Mikey Feb and Tosh Tudor because I think I singled them out in the lead up to this thing going, what are these two going to do? And they packed it, mate. And they packed it with style and they packed it with, you know, that classic sort of pipeline line that you really want to see out there. It's not always, uh, you know, about the sort of the Tom Carroll just knifing it, wrenching it off the bottom and just shoving it in. Like, you know, they brought a lot of uh, style, that sort of more Lopez line to it. And I guess the other thing that surprised me, mate, was just uh, the CT competitors. I just thought they were going to rinse everyone, but they looked a bit lost in this format. And uh, I didn't expect that. I thought because there was just no blood in the water, there was no sort of like, you know, format or or strategy that they could employ to, to use to their advantage. They were sort of just like, walking around like well-fed lions. Like, they just had this, like... They had the desire to kill these fucking grass-feeding, free-surfing herbivores, but, you know, there was no instinct within this format to sort of summon up the kill. And I just thought that was really interesting because, you know, Griffin, even though he made the final, he just looked lost at sea at times. Mm. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you don't want to go too hard in a, a van's comp with all of its nonchalance, you know, the, the hipsters smoking the ciggies on the beach, drinking the Pinot Grigio. You don't want to get you don't want to get fobbed off by the cool crowd for paddling rings around some cut in the line. <laughs> no, you don't. Trying to get the bomb. You don't want to get that bomb. You don't want to, you don't want, you don't want, you don't want Al Nose and the crew looking down their nose at you going, fucking go easy, try hard. Well, what did you make of the of the format and, st- and, and that whole mood leading into it? Yeah, I mean, I could see what they were going for. That is the flavour that vans run with that kind of, you know, camaraderie, old school surf culture, like it's competition, but not competition. But at some point, you just got to pick a fucking side. And, uh, <laughs> you know, where it all boiled down to, look, yeah, sure, it's all cool, bro, camaraderie, you know, no one cares. But then all of a sudden there's 100K USD on the line with no priority, and it turns into squid games. <laughs> Betty, Betty Lou's going the hopper on Carissa. Jow's spraying squid ink all over Griffin. And, uh, you know, Ballaram's just sitting out the back ripping cones out of an apple bong he smuggled in a, in a dry <laughs> pack. Uh, in his wetsuit, and you know, obviously, like there's all that fucking heady competitive CT energy going on on the inside, and guy feels the vibration of Ballaram, sends him the bomb, and you know, Roberts, your mother's transgender neutral brother. From that point on, mm. the New York, the New York, the Big Apple had its first pipe master, and uh, yeah, it was all a bit awkward though. I, I, you know, I can see why the CT competitors had a bit of difficulty with the format because it's neither here nor there. Like, what is the strategy that you take into uh, an event? Like, you know, the backdoor shootout is a very similar format, mm. um, but the difference is like, there's no, you're not surfing for yourself, you're surfing for your team. So um, there's just no there's no hassling within the team unit. Um, the dynamic is is set. The, the apex predators get the bombs. Like if if you yeah basically if you're a local Hawaiian, uh, you're on the best ones. But this format it had a bit of that. But then at the end of the day, it was still individualistic. So yeah, you're competing for yourself while trying to pretend you're not. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. Well, I remember Taj Burrow. Bit, bit yeah, Taj Barrow, mate, he used to, if, if you say, like, ran a little competition, like like anything, even like, you know, the Bumbat ch- Challenge that's in, um, uh, in Sabotage or uh, you, like any little thing, like on boat trips or whatever, the rules had to be laid out and there could be no, no straying from those rules so that he could function within that uh, format and know exactly what it would take to win. And because it was so vague in this, like... Yeah, you get the best two waves, you're going to win. But because it was so inconsistent, all the uh, things that those guys fall back on to win, you know, their strategies, their positioning, their uh, use of priority, they're, they're gone. So, like, you know what I'm saying, eh? Like, you could see the CT guys just paddling around like fucking almost like manic. I'm like, where the fuck do I get my advantage now? And, and yeah, you couldn't really see it in the early rounds, but definitely in the finals it started to rear. Because, I mean, there was just... A lot of um, a lot of splashing and kicking and uncertainty going on, and the the people who who ended up winning these these events. I mean, Molly, to her credit, I thought she won, and, and we mentioned this during the interview. She won because she kind of left her CT hat on the beach. Like I don't know if you remember, but she paddled out after her first wave and looked at the camera and was laughing and smiling. And I was like, that is not her usual game. Like she. She paddles out with a head that is like, I'm going to win at all costs. And I just thought she'll win this straight away because you could tell she was having more fun than the other three women. And that was kind of the spirit of the comp. And really, that's how Ballaram won as well. He just uh, paddled out thinking, 
as he said in your interview, mate, like, uh, you know, I paddled out going, fuck, it's, it's dribbly rights. Like, I'm no chance. And, of course, as soon as you uh, sort of let go, the universe delivers, my friend. Kelly Slater said it, world title number seven or eight or nine or ten or whatever, whichever one it was. Letting go, my friend. The universe will provide. Gaia has delivered. Well said. Uh, and the finalists, I mean, I thought that the format, as controversial or uh, inadequate as it was in, in certain ways, ultimately it still did decide a great final field. I mean, you can't have uh, a better finalist than Ballaram Stack, who is basically, you know, he's right up there of the best pipeline surface of his generation. Mm. Definitely the best foreigner out there, I reckon. Maybe Miguel Chudela or, yeah, Anthony Walsh or someone's in that combo too, but... Um, fuck, he's dedicated so much time to it. Yep. Uh, yeah, two CT guys who've performed incredibly well there. Jiao Chianka, Griffin, uh, and then the fucking, the bolter, the Hawaiian Grom from Iwa, Iva, what's that South Shore fucking joint called, dribbly little joint that uh, Keanu sings from, but uh, yeah, Kalana Apo, just on, just on one, mm. man. He fully had the, the role in Jerry Lopez cakewalk line dialed and, uh, couple of screamers in his heat rocketing him into the final i thought that was uh very fitting to have a a full og core battler unknown hawaiian in the field up against some big dogs and um pretty sick highlights from the event from the men's side i mean the women's side oh there was moments uh katie simmers fuck she got a cracker uh carissa's one was skit Mm. um who was uh what was the 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 dropping controversy, Sierra Kerr. Oh, that's right. She got a how good was that drainer? Scorched uh, that goofy foot. That was a fucking see. Like it's weird. It's like that chick uh, who was the goof in in that situation. Way too deep to make that pit. I mean, what are we running with here in terms <laughs> of the priority and and and, and judging uh, judging criteria i mean you know surely there's a bit of leeway for sierra there uh she's made a crazy one that chick's not making that well way. if sierra like, had got the score on that nolly wouldn't have made the final so it was mm. it was uh yeah it was a pretty big moment really but i mean it happened to uh carissa in the final as well and i guess that's the door you open for just uh you know these kind of weird just fucking scenarios that that I guess they just sort of murder, like, the the opportunity for something special to happen. Like, you know, Sierra's wave was probably in the top three waves of the whole event for women. But, yeah, uh, what, what, what were your standout waves, mate? Uh, well, in the men's, uh, Ivan Florence's double-up mm. closeout to Doggy oh. Door. That was fucking insane, man. Like, imagine what that thing looked like from where he was. Mm. He was time-travelling through the biggest blowpipe and, uh, I mean, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you had a bit of a, a spray for MFEB and Tosh Tudor. Well, we're all eating humble pie, Vaughn. Nom, 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 nom. Because <laughs> I, uh, I believe I uh, blew Ivan's uh, run saying he was the lesser talented <laughs> of the trio of the Florence brothers. And he answers back immediately mm-hmm. with one of the just, fuck, man, that was an angry, beautiful dangerous fucking basically close out onto sand uh, in that full-on 10-foot range. It was psycho. Like, the drop's crazy. Uh, he took such a funny line into it. He kind of uh, knifes a drop, but that whole first section, which was standing up fully 12-foot, just kind of cascades, doesn't pit, reads it, and just bottom turns and fangs through that just kind of down 
downpipe just gone whack, warp speed. Uh, such a crazy make. What a what a wave. Mason's one, as you mentioned, super deep on the phone ball. Couldn't believe he made that. I gave up on him. Has a Bryant. Oh. He's a backdoor behemoth. One of the biggest tubes of the event. Our has. Oh, that was sick. Yeah. How's the pride Backside, on you too? Psycho. How's the pride on you? Like, think about Harry's journey into that wave, man. Like, you know, three months ago, he was, he was laid up with a fucking completely busted ankle, 10 screws going through it, and he gets the invite of the Pipe Masters and he rides one of the biggest and best backdoor tubes we've ever seen in competition. Like, I can't think of too many people who have done a backdoor pit that big in any format of, the, of, of a pipeline event. It was fucked up, man. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I was a bit disappointed with how the Aussies performed in the men's. I was expecting some of those slab shamans to do a bit better. But then you also realise that pipeline in those kinds of conditions, it's a junkyard and you basically have to have a lot of time in the lineup to be able to pick it. You know, it's not perfect. It's like a, a warped reverby beach break on, uh, you know, that's 10 foot breaking on rocks. So I'm not surprised because a lot of those guys don't really have the time in the lineup uh, that a lot of the other guys in the field do. And that's fair enough. Why would you, if you're a free surfer uh, with the, absolute multitude of orbing slabs you've got on the uh, menu in this big island that we're on. I don't know why you'd fuck around in Hawaii, and they don't. So, Well, mate, the, the other thing to remember is that Craig Anderson and Noah Dean, let's just use those two as examples, um, they will sit and wait for two hours for one wave on those slabs. Like, they're not jostling. They're not, uh, you know, fucking hunting the lineup for anything on the inside or outside. And, you know, I think that I can just imagine a lot of the, the free surfers who got a start to this event just sort of really feeling the clock and really feeling that pressure and just trying to get it in their heads that sitting there and just waiting two hours for a wave isn't going to work. You know what I mean? Like, it's a big re reshuffle of how you surf and it's it's one thing to go over there and deal with big junky pipe and then it's another thing to completely change the way that you pick and choose your waves in in what in in orbs of mortal, mortal conequence mate it's a big deal yeah. like i mean changing the way you surf is not fucking easy man it's so hard like if, you know it's really like it's why everyone starts to fool around with different boards when you get a bit older because you just you you start to go, fuck, actually, I haven't felt anything different for so long. Like, this feels great, and that's why you change. Otherwise, you're just stuck doing the same shit on the same boards forever and ever and ever. And I just feel like when it's when it's huge and it's scary and, and life and limb is dependent on all these split-second choices, to, to change your routine to fit into a little contest window on a really inconsistent warbly pipe swell is going to be fucking a big task absolutely and you know just one final point before we move on geez that event really vindicated the wazzles decision to move the pipe masters to january yeah oh man it just made me realize that fuck we've been watching pipe masters held in shit for fucking decades (laughs) like those early season pipe swells are reeking like the one you know the one that I watch there, like often there'll be windows and, and heats and, and half a day here and there where it's, where it's cooking. Uh, but yeah, you know, trying to get a, a whole event window done uh, in the course of a, an early season pipe swell, mm. like you're just never going to get that good waves. Yeah. Um, I just want to share my favorite waves from this event too, mate. I thought Ballaram's first 
big tube that he made in that uh, in the early rounds was fucking just classic stacko, mate. He just, uh, you know, all of his experience just coming to the fore and, you know, that huge double up onto the first reef, kind of like lost his fins on like halfway up the face and did that classic just side shuffle blowout and uh, that was all time. Griff, Griff Colapinto, mate, how good is he? Like, he is so fearless, but his technique, he's got the ability to just strong arm off the bottom with speed and just hit the brakes. Like, that's sort of almost like in the Johnny Boy realm of just, you know, like being able to control your speed in that situation, in one of those super hectic sort of um, double swell nugs where it's coming from the north and the west at the same time and it TPs. Like, I don't know how you stop on a dime like like he did on that one real mutiny one. It reminded me of that sort of breakthrough wave of Kelly's in uh, Kelly Slater in black and white, maybe. Do you remember that? It was like a big uh, double up at uh, in one of the HIC pipe comps when he was young. It was kind of the wave that announced him. Uh, I thought that was a pretty sick wave of Griffin, though. And then uh, Moana and uh, Riss Moore, obviously, like, fucking, that's... You know, every every single time we see women paddling out at Pipeline now, the, the glass ceiling gets another shattering. But uh, Laura Enova's wipeout, mate. Yet oh. another committed dive from the Swellian Queen, body <laughs> first into the limestone to just be picked off by the fish and whatever other the little crabby creatures are down there, bottom to feeding. And, mate, she just <laughs> she just gives when us we- so much to uh, to stick in the memory banks for, for later on in life. I don't know how her tiny little frame has not been obliterated. It is fucking crazy. When do we get the Billabong signature Laura Anivis suit with the kind of evil Knievel uh, decal <laughs> and a little cape coming off the back? <laughs> oh, she just rides that Harley straight, not over Snake Canyon, just straight to the bottom, mate. I don't even think she puts a ramp on it anymore. <laughs> she just drives off the edge. <laughs> But she's such a hero. And, um, yeah, so, like, plenty of waves, uh, as all pipe contests have their moments. A bit more consistency. I'd love to see this format again in in one of those February swells where it's just relentless pulsing offshore, 8 to 12 feet, and that field. Like, man, you'd have a spectacle for, for all time. But I mean, you know, oh, that's what. Oh, brother, who who are you gonna take the event off? <laughs> Tahui, Bakto shootout. Get nah, get fucked. Nah, the permits oh. are, are locked in, man. But um, oh yeah, you know, like the Billabong Pro, mate. It, it's it, it was everything we wanted. It was a ten out of ten on the Shat rating, and um, you know, mm. these guys, these guys really just suffered from the December blues. So that was really the only thing. That inconsistency, that warble, that fucking crappy. Sort of is it or isn't it a, a pipe day? You know, that that's what killed this event, really. I mean, it was just... Uh, and I think they've got to work out some way to just... If the surf was pumping, we wouldn't be talking about, you know, the the, the bra-bra, woo-woo, let's share a spliffo out the back, mid-heat kind of thing, mm. you know. If it was absolutely Fucking cooking, you would have brought out the animal in everyone, so... Let's just give it another chance to see what happens next year. Yeah, yeah. And look, you know, to be fair, uh, as we discussed with Ballaram, like, I actually quite enjoy the mutant days at Pipe. That's when you get those rare gems, the weird, wonked-out double-ups that you just don't even really get on the perfect days. And we saw a bit of that uh, during the event. There was a couple of just fucking 
just double up weird, like the, the Ivan one, uh, the one in Mikey's Heat um, that no one got. Like, uh, yeah, I, I do like the just the the mixed bag factor, the the unpredictability of pipe on those days. So I enjoyed the event. I mean, I, I'm not dissing the event. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it, and uh, yeah, you know, could have been better, like you said, Vaughn, if the waves were slightly better we wouldn't be having the uh the wins that we're having <laughs> number four kale walsh west australia's very finest wins the stab edit of the year for idiot box born yes. a compilation of limb and ligament shattering punts skits cones and corked rotations uh yeah he's he's one of the most underground yet high-end talents on the planet kale you know not not a whole lot known about him but I will fix that. He'll be on the podcast in the next few weeks. Have touched base with him. But yeah, pretty crazy that Idiot Box managed to edge out Nozvid. Oh, no, no, no. That's uh, See, Nozvid is a different category. This is the Stab Editor of the Year is an actual event with guidelines that you had to provide a video for within, you know, it had to be a certain length, uh, length of time, had to have a certain. Uh, percentage of surf clips compared to lifestyle. It was a it was a proper contest, you know, on the website. It wasn't just um, drop drop your clip somewhere and and we'll judge it. Ah, so right, oh, yeah. So I didn't read I think, the fine print. Obviously. <laughs> no, all good. But I think they had um, you know throughout the year, everyone from John John to freaking uh, Albie Layer to you know all sorts of crew entered it, and um, it's a huge achievement. To, to win this thing, man. Like, the, the amount of just top-quality surfing and uh, some of the clips that, that people entered into this thing are fucked up. But the, the comparison with Nosvid to me, is just that Kale is kind of taking that lead of, of Boogline. You know, like, I, we've talked about a few times where Noah's like, mate, the, the future of surfing, like, the actual progression is coming from, from what Boogs have been doing for years, and that's where he's been focused, you'd know in Nosvid those kind of like uh, weird just fucking booger ledges where Nos is like fucking just hanging on for dear life and ended up getting cross waves through barrels and stuff. Uh, I just think Kale's kind of on that same program. And his air game is fucking right up there with the best in the world. He's, you're right. He's one of the most understated surfers out there for how for what his talent level is. But... This year, he's dropped a couple of clips that are just world-class, man. Those inner tube cross-wave wedge floaters that he's doing in that slab, on that slab in um, the Quickie Vid Satin. Satin are some of the most epic waves ridden on film this year, I reckon. And that, that is in the same ballpark as those uh, bug lines in Nosvid, as I said. So, yeah, mm. I just think uh, that's uh, an area where... It says a lot about a surfer if you're not just going out there and, and going, oh, fuck, I'll get me clip, I'll get me full rotor, I'll do this and that. But you're actually looking for ways to just challenge your surfing and get a different line out of it. That's fucking huge. Yeah, they're having a, a slab and punt off, Noz and Kale. I mean, it's 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 a formula for greatness, but you've got to risk it for the biscuit in that game, Vaughn mm-hmm. Corn. Uh, uh, you know, I hope they're getting some good danger money. Uh, Kale, you know, the, the West is the best when it comes to slabs. The South Coast, yeah, it can compare. It's got, I guess, some more compact mutant varieties. But in terms of sheer magnitude and volume of water bending over shallow reefs, the West is the home of it, uh, of, of the Mondo giant slab. And Kale is the best in the West. 
uh, in yes. it. And, uh, mate, full credit to him. He's still pretty much a Grom. And to win the stab edit of the year, fuck. Like, look, that's the he's essentially marking his place as the best free surfer in the world. So, like, that's the, that's crazy. Yeah, there's two, um, there's two categories of, of winner in this event. Smithy and one is uh, the stab premium audience voting, so that's what Kale's won. And then the the second category is fifty of the world's best surfers um, are basically going to form this this big judging panel, and they're going to go through the the finalists, which you can see on Stab Premium if you haven't checked it out. You can go through all of the different clips that have been uploaded, and they're going to basically put it to you know I think everyone from Jerry Lopez to Dane Reynolds to. Noah Dean to uh, Kelly Slater and get them to vote on these clips. And so there'll be sort of a, a part two winner as well, uh, or a peer winner, if, you, if you'd want to call it that. But yeah, to, to get uh, everyone out there who just, you know, basically absorb surfing as much as they can and are fanatical. And let's, you got to admit it, mate, like fucking online audiences, you will not get more critical. I, I can't think of a more. Yeah, fucking a, a, a greater arena of hardcore teardowners. So to get a leg up from them is a fucking rare feat. Absolutely. I had the pleasure, I was just thinking of a, a session, maxed out North Point, washed throughs the works, and watching Kale uh, on a day of heavy water and big Mondo cones and a pretty skits crowd on it too, watching him go on from the top of the reef that was so mutant and fucked up, it almost turned into a left coming back at mm. him that met that met the right in this giant apex that landed square in his third eye and just detonated <laughs> him, just fucking destroyed him. It was so skits. Oh. It felt like... Uh, Felt like putting a lab coat on and, uh, you know, bringing down a kind of sofa there to the rocks, just getting him to lie down and just asking him, you know, to look at some, uh, do, do a bit of word association, looking at, look, look at some ink drawings, just, you know, what's going wrong with your life, Hal? What are you doing, mate? I just love You okay? The, I, are you okay, mate? I love the idea Fuck of that yeah. uh, master chakra just being absolutely obliterated into a fucking rocky bottom. <laughs> Holy shit, it was the wipeouts and all wipeouts the, that I've seen in the flesh. Never really copped one that, that severe. Mm. It was so loose. Classic. Nah, well done, Kale. And um, yeah, Idiot Box is a, a sick, sick clip. Well worthy of the praise of the online surfing critique society. Every bit as starchy and nutritious as his namesake, Vaughn. He's no wet lettuce. He's some fucking stiff kale, Vaughn. Number three. Wacko Jacko Coleman's natural high. Uh, another great surf film on the back of Idiot Box. Uh, nothing to do with it, though. The other end of the spectrum, but every bit is enjoyable. Jack Coleman's natural high. We've got to get Coleman on here, Vaughn. For sure. Uh, he's a core lord, dreadhead, van, living degenerate par excellence and makes arguably the best surf films in the world, in my opinion. You know, really ha- nails that acidy, beatnik, expressive surf culture through the Californian orange sunshine acid lens. And uh, I gobble it up, you know, just so good. Go watch uh, Natural High on Stab Premium or pay for it. You know, invest in this kind of entertainment and surf culture. It's so worth it. I get so much from these films. Just energy, motivation, inspiration, 10 bucks or whatever it is. Fucking nothing when you realize what you get for it. And, and that you're supporting a core lord, cone fiend, degenerate of the highest order of all. And one of he us. Is. He's one of he us. He is a great man. And, and do not confuse 
surf clips with surf films, mate. This is this is a throwback. This is proper proper surf filmmaking. Uh, I love just how it dances around, you know, with with no rhyme or reason too. You you're, you're fully on the trip. You're fully on the uh, electric Kool Aid acid test with the merry pranksters, mate. Uh, I totally agree with that. But uh, yeah, just the the crew who are in it is, is a, a mixed bag. He's um you know he, he really finds those sunshine people from all over the world. The soundtrack uh, sort of fits in with that uh, ethos as well, man. You just you, it's such an enjoyable experience sitting down and watching this thing. I, I had a ball. I actually watched it and then I just whacked it on and and went about my day and just had it kind of uh, rotating on in, on the lounge room. Yeah, it's got every one of my favourite oddball surfers in it and that trippy kind of Afrobeat funk disco soundtrack. Oh, it's a Smithy special. Amazing. <laughs> oh, isn't it? It's signature Coleman all the way and and. But Vaughn, really, the uh, crowning glory, narrated by John mm-hmm. Peck Vaughn. That's right, the John Peck, the member of the Brotherhood of Eternal Love who famously saturated the world in orange sunshine, LSD, which in a roundabout way led to your dad, Alfie, being incarcerated for nine months on the border of France and Switzerland, mm. uh, if I'm correct. That's right. But... Uh, yeah, the fucking wisdom that comes out of that cunt's gob. Are you kidding me? Oh, I know, me? I know. Is he coming to the next wellness just to sit on a gold throne in the centre of the uh, the TP circle, surrounded by dream catchers and charged amethysts? And he'll just, uh, he won't say anything, Smithy. He'll just stare into the sun until his skull jellies have just dried up into little sultanas. He's just that much of the spirit guru, eh? And his, his contribution to this film... His contributions are so incredible, mate. They just foil into the stoke and fun and soul of, you know, the the, the couple of years that, that Coleman has spent capturing this thing. Uh, and I want to be like Peck when I grow up, man. Just ribs, hair, and bloodstream that's probably like 90% wheat grass, 3% acid, and 7% fucking, you know, pure waters from the Arctic fucking peaks that has just drizzled mm. down into the uh, into the river's into the sea and just been absorbed into the dermis of John Peck, one of the great and original uh, pipeline surfers, I believe. One, maybe one of the first guys to ever get tubes backside of pipes, maybe way back in the day. Mm, mm. Yeah, and full credit to these filmmakers uh, like Jack Coleman, like Ishka Folkwell for going out in search of these original wizards and getting them on tape. And, uh, you know, just spreading their wisdom all through these six surf films. Thank You Mother obviously has a lot of Albie Falzon's distilled genius in it. And, uh, I mean, I guess in a lot of ways, Coleman is the uh, yin to Folkwell's yang. Or, you know, he's his counterpart from the other side of the planet. Mm. And John Peck is very much a... Uh, a, you know, compadre of the great Albie Falzon. And just that wisdom, mate, fuck, thank God it's been preserved in film and doesn't die. We've got to keep our oral history going like the Blackfellas, Vaughn. Can take a, a page out of their book. And, mate, the, just the, the genius, the the knowledge, the the calm that comes from these guys who've dedicated mm. their entire lives to surfing, documenting surfing, being in surfing, being around the water, being around nature. It is indisputable. It is yeah. undeniable. Yeah. Like just st- stay close to nature, stay close to the ocean, keep dipping your sack, keep teabagging yourself in the brine and uh, soak up all the magical minerals, keep getting the vige, keep the pineal gland stocked and uh, but at the same time, don't let it overrun all of your obligations to your community nah. and whatnot. None of the, but well, uh, yeah, just, yeah, not just having a lot of the lessons, wisdom lot of and lessons. preserving it, but being able to articulate it in just such simple, 
beautiful little threads of of you know conversation like that my favorite line in this movie is where you know he sort of talks about the sun being his god the giver of all life and he goes you know when i'm in the sun it lights up my my soul the little sol the little sun inside me and i was just like far out dude like just you know one sentence and the whole universe just clicks in on the back of it and you just feel you just feel immense gratitude that you can walk outside literally after you've watched it and stand in the sun and feel exactly what he's talking about and um beautiful film man beautiful man uh john peck and uh just really yeah such good vibes such good vibes smithy it's a it, it is a nice thing to be able to tap into that energy of surfing and and you know like you and i we love all aspects of surfing but we have a lot of fun with it and everything but it's definitely worth just every now and again taking a step back letting the uh the masters the gurus the elders feed you full of knowledge and just sit with it sit and simmer in the fucking full glory of just how lucky we are it's it's beautiful man yeah it's so powerful those messages uh that enable you to immediately walk outside and start extracting gratitude from the universe Mm. what could be more powerful than that and for free and uh I mean, I think for me, the, the best line, Vaughn, very similar to the one you just mentioned, he, he talks about just soaking in the ocean and soaking up all the minerals and ions and that naturally calmness and wisdom uh, eventuates from that. Mm. And I was like, that is so fucking true. Uh, as long as you, you know, at some point, that is what settles in. Even the most jaded, jacked up, speed freak comp demon uh, will eventually, if he spends enough time sitting in the brine, start to chill out and fall back into line with the rest of the brotherhood and sisterhood out there whacking yep. it. Um, but a couple of doffs of the cap, some career best crookie finless surfing in that. That's Ari Brown. Just those side slip speed pumps. So skits. Yep. So, like that's how he manages to get speed, get a high line, little tail drift and uh, side slip down the face. That's how he gets around sections. It's so bizarre. Um, he's the absolute get... master, man. Like uh, that, He's the master. That guy's surfing in solid. So I was looking at some of the waves going, that wave is way bigger than you give it credit for. I know that he's all crouched into a little ball, but he is on big Indo, what is it, long form swells. So swell that's traveled a long way, groomed itself into these big, powerful, you know, definite lines. And he is just painting all over it you can see that art degree coming in handy with the crooks out there on the finless bra <laughs> i actually had a, a session session with him uh just i don't know a week or two ago on a beach around here that was doing a fair impression of backdoor and watched him knife one from up close not five meters away from mm. him super critical uh the thing just threw super wide the, the the exit of the barrel filled up with foam it blew out and he fucking come flying out like a maniac i was screaming in his face going, you were the <laughs> man crookie you're the fucking man i did and a, I, uh, I did a, a funny uh, little run in with crookie the other day smithy um ali my wife and i went to a uh, new life drawing class and uh he was in there with his partner and uh we were yeah we spent the evening uh drawing naked uh burlesque bodies together it was fantastic oh excellent yes you got to you know, exercise both sides of the brain. The, <laughs> exactly. The, the pineal, the amygdala, the left, the right, the painting a, uh, you know, a hairy vag or a fucking saggy sack of nuts. It's all in there, Vaughn. It's all critical. We must exercise every part. Yeah, I'll have to uh, hit Crookie up, see if we can put a couple of those drawings on the gram for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> well played. And, uh, of course, 
the quotes, Steph Gilmore on a pickle fork, Ryan Birch getting some cylinders at a Mexican point break. Very nice. Mm. Very nice, Jacko. But my favourite, uh, this Seppo cut, no idea who he is. He had a mullet and he was doing this weird pastiche of old and new school, highly performative, almost piss-take style surfing. Straddles the ironic hipster realm, but, but it's not because it looks fucking hilarious. You know it feels good. He's clearly ripping, and you just can't watch that shit without smiling. So, you know, it kind of the the film, and particularly this guy's performance in it, it really made me question, like, what the fuck we are all doing out there, trying so hard to rip? Mm. You know, get on a funky board, throw some warped out body lingo, and fully express yourself, Fawn. Mm. Get in unison with the electromagnetic vibrations you're riding. Don't just you know rip three meat and potato wax and rios fucking all day. Like how like how many people in the surfing universe are on that trip are just trying to belt the fuck out of it for like to really to appease the crowd to appease the uh, the consensus the conformity. Like you know these guys who surf this way, they're often ridiculed pushed to the margins. Uh, they get respect from the full core lords because they can see the, the skill and style that it takes. But, you know, I, I just feel like surfing uh, in, in a kind of expressive, funny, fun way just doesn't get the respect it deserves. Mm. It's too too often just put down for the sake of whacking it on a 6-1 thruzzy in a fucking black Yeah, wetsuit. yeah. Well, the, the, the thread between... The, the common thread with all the surfing in this film, to me, Smithy, was just the, the one line from start to finish. You know, whether it's Steph on the pickle fork or old mate with the, uh, you know, the funky style, just doing whatever. Like, the, the linking of all the surfing turns is is so enjoyable to watch, man. And that doesn't come from just having it in your head that you want to rip the fucking lid off every single section. Like, it's actually more about being in the moment and experience every single part of the ride. And so that's what really I was tapping. And uh, just as a coincidence, I was flicking through the ground the other day and I saw this wave of Asher Pacey on a mid-length on an onshore day somewhere around home. And he's just putting it together so beautifully, man. And 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 he's smiling the entire wave. Like nothing about it isn't fun. I was going, that's what I want to tap, mate. That's where I want to be. When I'm surfing, I want to feel like every single moment on that wave matters, not just the moment where you're fucking... It all came together and you blasted the back out of it. Well said. Number two. More surf films for you to mull over during the Christmas break. Never doing that again by Chapter 11, a.k.a. Dan Re- Dane well, Reynolds. I haven't caught this uh, one yet. Oh, man. A stonery, trippy, degenerate surf classic. You know, a, a similar vein to Natural High, but with a bit more of a, a modern style of surfing and music. But there's parallels. And, uh, you know, Vaughan, this is a rich vein of surf culture and filmmaking, mm. and perhaps the richest, this kind of, uh, you know, stonery, trippy, degenerate surf classic. It was a an absolute mainstay of my youth in the early noughties, uh, but I feel like it's been a bit forgotten. You know, everything is so formulaic and stylized these days in that new mass consumption web edit style. Yep. I really mi- I really miss the, the train-spotting art house um, stoner surf culture that was, as I said, a mainstay of my youth. You know, all, all your classic films, your, your five, five, nine, ten and a quarter, um, Erratica, Second Thoughts, 156 Tricks, um, you know, Computer Body, all the Vulcan films, basically. Mm. And, you know, to be honest, they've uh, really kept that, that kept that torch burning into the modern era. Psychic Migrations is a, is a good example. Uh, but, yeah, 
mate. This is a sick one. They fucking nail it. Vans and DR have nailed this. He's fucking good, DR. Yeah. He's got great taste uh, and an eclectic range of influences and experiences, and he can make a surf. Oh, film. there's no doubt. He 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 starts heady taking surf film into into full art world experiences. Hey, like they they remind me a lot of that Warholian fact factory era of just uh kind of really intentional but almost uncontrived filmmaking you know what i mean like a like a lot of warhol art it, it seems like it's just you know my kids could do that kind of thing yeah but the actual thought processes behind it are so intentional they're so driven by uh the need to actually say something and have a, a comment on society or fucking surfing or the world at large or whatever's going on that you can't help but just sit back and fucking appreciate it Uh, on a fully artistic level on a total creative level he will probably go down as one of the most important filmmakers of this generation like no doubt i can't think of anyone who is able to not just make cool shit with great taste but really say a lot within the framework of what he's making as well. He's a freak. I mean, add that to the talent of the fucking guy just purely in the water. And uh, it's it's a big creative creative uh, world that he inhabits. Number one. John John Florence has tied the knot, Vaughn. Can you believe it? Because, uh, I mean, look, it's a bit weird because I believe it was reported on this very program via some uh, shonky surf media outlet that... They'd already tied the knot, and the reception was at Eli Olsen's surf film premiere. At, oh, I remember that. At Turtle yeah. Bay's surfer bar amidst the you know unmistakable smell of feet and sweat and spilled Mai Tais. But, uh, I mean, I don't know who was responsible <laughs> for that clang of Vaughan. Surely not the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award winner. But no. uh, Yeah. Uh, he's infallible, that guy. Um, but, yeah, he's, he, mate, he's fucking tied it. There was a who's who of the Hawaiian surfing royalty there uh, to celebrate the holy matrimony of uh, John John. And Lauren Cribb, a, uh, you know, a legend who I know, actually, she's from the Tweed, the mm. daughter of a couple of ambulance officers, uh, you know, like a core, lovely kind of bogan chick, fucking ledge. He's chosen it very well there. Um, and according to Beach Grit, the marriage ceremony consisted of a string duo, violin and cello to greet the guests who danced the night away under a grand marquee festooned with lights with the happy couple hoisted upon guests' shoulders, forming a miracle of love against the heavens. Uh, yeah, so a, a great love-filled ceremony. Don't know why it's at number one. No idea. That is just some uh, strange scheduling by the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award winner. But it is number one in the finger buns this week, Vaughn. Can also be revealed that John John's dad, uh, also named John, made it. He was there at the wedding. And uh, Mm. alongside North Shore Enforcer, Fast Eddie Rothman, the legendary Kai Garcia, and many more core lords, Vaughn. Wow. Wow. Well, does this mean... Smithy, is John John eligible now that he's married a, a, a true blue Aussie Tweedheads bogan? Is he eligible to do the uh, the Jesse Mendez, the Tatiana Western Webb, and switch allegiances to the Australian Olympic team? Oh, it's about time. Surely. It's about Surely time. he could drive, make the short drive down from the Tweed to the uh, HPC at Casarina and start belting the bags and doing flips into the foam pits with Jack Robbo and Cal Robbo and... 
all the other true grit behemoths of Australian surfing. Come on, John John. Come over, mate. The water's warm. That's it. I mean, it's about time we nabbed someone. When was the last one to switch allegiances to Australia? They're always picking fucking Hawaii, fucking hey. Japan, hey. fucking come on. Hey. What's wrong with you? Hey, hey, hey. you're green and gold, a 4 and 20 pie and a fucking forex. Not good enough for you, eh? Pretty pissed week if you ask me. You fucking dogs. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, uh, congratulations there to John and Lauren. May your days be filled with wedded bliss. Mm. And a couple of corn-rinsing explosions of love in the bedroom. We love a fucking explosion of love in the bedroom, don't we, Vaughn? issue of Surfing World has just hit the stands and paradoxically I was alerted uh, to this last vestige of the print media by the dopamine draining Instagram but nevertheless <laughs> uh, the big story is Sean Chuni Menas, our man ain't that swell's very own Chuni. he's back from a debilitating chronic hip injury that nearly ended his career and sent him to a very dark place a phantom he's- injury Dude, mm. a, a full-blown psychological phantom injury, like some unaddressed trauma or some sort of like hardcore, you know, stress uh, that had manifested itself in this crazy, true, like a- actual debilitatingly, insanely painful phantom injury through his hip and down the left side of his body, I believe. Yeah, psycho, some kind of sciatica. Yeah, mate, you hear about this uh, quite often, actually, and the power of placebo, but the flip side of that, too, the the kind of darkness of of placebo and uh, just how physical traumas can become psychological traumas and vice versa mm. and, and, and just that interplay between mind and body, man. Like, if you are pretending that doesn't exist, you're an idiot. Yep. You've got fucking shit for brains. Uh, and that shit for brains will slowly ooze through your organs and destroy you. So get rid of the shit in your brains and uh, really tap in. I mean, look, he's back and he's back in a big way because he's stomping giant punts and he's bagged himself the cover with fuck. I mean, if his hip wasn't fucked before that punt, holy shit, yeah. he fucked after. That's, Are you that's, kidding me? That's one of the best covers I've ever seen. That That is such an insane photo. I think Josh DeBone shot it. Um Surfing world, mate, just while we're on the on the uh, topic of um, paying for quality and actually investing in, you know, these these time capsules of pure fucking necessity. Like, we, we have to have them, uh, whether it's, you know, Jack Coleman's film or, or you know, the last bastions of surf print. That magazine, I, I've just spent some time with Sean Owen, had a good flick through the, the past few issues. Subscribe, mate. Support it. Like, it is incredible. It is such a good mag. That story on Chuni is in amazing. Like, Hugh Ford wrote it. I've never even heard of him, but uh, he's yes, doing no, such he's, a great job. Fuck, isn't he's doing a good he? job. And, uh, I've got, got a little excerpt here, Vaughn. Yeah, uh, go for it. Pain, confusion, darkness. Sean Menes is wondering, did the last three years even happen? Back in 2019, with the surfing world at his feet, 
Chuni suffered a crippling hip injury, only that no one could diagnose it, let alone treat it. The pain crippled him and his career, which was just taking off. What followed was a heavy descent down into himself. Months turned into years, the pain remained, and everything was slipping away. His surfing, his career, and his state of mind. He eventually visited a sports doctor who had an idea. He asked Sean to close his eyes and picture his right hand. It was normal. He asked him to do the same with his left, and all he saw was red. The pain had taken a life of its own and was now as much psychological as physical. Over months, they started unwinding it, eventually getting to a place where not only could Sean surf, he could surf like this. That uh, And that alludes to the cover, which has to be seen mm. to be believed. I'd love to know the backstory of that pun. I mean, he's, he's spotting the landing. He looks like a freaking bald eagle up there. <laughs> and He looks like ready. a comet, mate. He's that high in the fucking stratosphere. He just looks like he's fanging it too. And he's just, how's his body position? Like, it's one thing to huck yourself that high. To be in complete control and, like you say, like really zoning in on a little cush-cush to poof down on, man, it's, it's, uh, it's a whole different world of aerial surfing. Uh, moving along. Oh, just on that too, mate, surfingworld.com, I think .au, surfingworld.com.au. Get on there, subscribe. It's well worth it here or overseas. And, um, yeah, support that independent print. It's owned by Sean Doherty now. So, um, and John Frank, also a part owner. So you've got two of the all-time core lords running the ship, doing it out of their own pocket. And it is a beauty. Quick one from our man, Aussie Wrong. Uh, a Cheetahs 5 sit in a cosmic desert point tube uh, with his trademark psychedelic board swirls and this little nugget. What a blessing it is to be paid in crystal currency by the cosmic creator of the mystical universe. Very peck. <laughs> Peck-esque, isn't it? Mate, it's classic watching, uh, you know, these guys who were culture shifters and had such a huge impact on the direction of surf, a huge influence on a whole generation of next, next-hand next rippers, Smithy, becoming elders themselves, mate, becoming the, uh, the wise noblemen of ocean riding. Uh, but one thing that people might not know um, is that if you want to invest in a little bit of Aussie wrong mysticism or creativity, you can hit him on his DM and he's actually doing um, sort of commissioned artworks at the moment. So I mean, me? Yeah, no, nah, for sure, mate. Like if you are going, fuck, I'd love to have an Aussie on my wall. Uh, he does those big sewing prints. They're huge. Like he can fucking pack them up and send them to you. Or he does, uh, he was doing um, portraits of girlfriends for a while. Like you could get Oz to draw you. Your girlfriend, you know, driving a car, roof surfing over the Harbour Bridge and stuff like that. Just really cool shit. Uh, so, yeah, you just hit him direct and uh, see how much it's going to cost you. And you can have a, a, a one of those huge cosmic suns above your bed or, or something like that. Just really cool shit. Check it out. At the other end of the spectrum, Neko Paderats Vaughn has taken oh. it to, to Instagram. Uh, How's this blow up? Yeah, well, he's he's taken to IG to to reminisce on making the final at the U.S. Open alongside Fabio Gavea, uh, and this is what he had to say. I mean, this was way back in I'm tipping the early '90s, and uh, this is what he had to say. This is 
do I bung on my best Brazilian accent for this? <laughs> or is that going to get us cancelled? Or <laughs> right, I don't know. Do you want to have a crack at it? I'll have a crack. This is the day that the world respect us and our flag and where we come from. <laughs> I don't know, man. Nah, you might have to pull it in. Oh, okay. <laughs> US, this is the day that the world respect us and our flag and where we come from. US Open, gotcha pro, Huntington Beach, with my master in the final, Fabio Gavea. First final with two Brazilian ever. For my nation, for my flag. Brazilian storm, question mark? Oh, the here comes. KKKKKKK, don't know what that means. I think he's cacking himself. You guys should put the flag in yourself to make Whoa. people see it. Wow. Now, wow. Uh, that's Jeez. A, that's a, that is a full burn, dude. Yeah, and I mean, look, I, I may have to beg the differ here with Neko Vaughan. Uh, you know, I'm not sure the surfing world did really respect Brazilian surfing and its flag after, you know, a couple of them dominated an event held in waist-high closeouts. Uh, I'm going to still go out on a limb and say... <laughs> Medina winning his first world title in 2014 was, in fact, that day. And, you know, so to him uh, winning Chopes on debut. Uh, these, to me, speak a little bit louder than Neko and Fabio contesting Slopfest at Huntington. I mean, am I wrong, Vaughn? Am I wrong? I don't know. No, no. But what what we've got happening here, and, and Molly and I kind of spoke about it a little bit, because there's a... There's a there's just a few crew around getting their noses out of joint um, about not being appreciated enough or their contributions to surfing or that particular little time or place not having a, enough of a, a moment in the sunshine. John Peck style, Smithy. Um, uh, the, the latest example would be, um, I think it's Lane Davey uh, was on Surf Splendor kind of saying that, you know, like, mm. yeah, women have actually been surfing Pipeline for ages. What the fuck are you talking about? And she's not dark about the, the women out there now and, and how they're performing. She's dark in the, the narrative that sort of developed around it, you know, the, the WSL constantly saying, we're, we're breaking down walls, we're busting through ceilings, we're redefining what's possible and all this. And it's like, well, actually, no, Alex Florence was surfing a 10-foot longboard out there on second reef days when she was pregnant, you know? Like... There's kind of there's kind of like uh, this forgotten history, and I guess Neko's just sort of feeling a bit like you know what Brazil fought long and hard before the storm came along for respect, and it started really, I mean, in the professional era, it started probably with um, uh, Flavio and Fabio, two guys who, ironically, Smithy were two of the most stylish, respected, flamboyant surfers of their time. You know, they were not. They, did, they didn't suffer from that kind of um, 90s and millennial Brazilian push that really kind of damaged what Brazilian surfing was to a lot of people. And the other thing was that Brazilian surfers started traveling a lot more in the, um, in the 90s and early 2000s. And the, the kind of hustle and fight that they had in all their little beaches around home, when they got to those Indo reefs and and, you know, Hawaii and all that sort of stuff, it wasn't really appreciated that there was a kind of a lack of understanding of hierarchy in the lineup and all that sort of thing. So it, it took a long... It kind of went backwards from Fabio, Fabio and Flavio. And in that backwards time was when you had your, your Pettis and Roses, your Henan Roches, your Victor Rebass, your, you know, your Neko Paterazzas who 
were kind of just the unfashionable guys on tour. And oh shit! Yeah, they were. Oh, they wow. were so. That was just so awful, hard to get awful. behind. <laughs> but everyone loved them. Like everyone loved them as people. Like they were the big, big, you know, personalities on tour, big time. They were hilarious. Like, you know, it's it's like that uh, Batuta Advocate frame where it's like, you know, the Brazilians at the park having the best barbecue today. You know, it's like they're the guys having the most fun because they were always in their dickies. They're playing hacky sack or fresco bal. And they're just like ripping it up, having the best time. And yeah, so I, I guess, you know, when, you, when you're from like a bit of an unpopular era, you, you're going to get your nose out of joint when you just see, you know, all the kids with all the money, all the respect, all the global notoriety, and, and you're just sitting there going, fuck, where's my piece of the pie, mate? Where's my bowl of acai? Where's my <laughs> steaming hot brew of Amazonian yeah. Java? Where's my Bolivian ether wash, hey? <laughs> Mate, like Neko and Andy Iron surfed consecutive finals through a Euro leg one year, and it was fucking one of the greatest little mini rivalries that I, I was ever on tour for it to, to watch go down, you know, as a journo. They had uh, one in France and then I think one in uh, Mandaka, and it was fucking sick, mate. That guy uh, doesn't need to worry about his place in Brazilian surfing history. He, he is a legend. No shortage of interactions between uh, the Brazilians of that era and the Hawaiians. Uh, obviously, the stoush mm. with Sonny Garcia at Pipeline, but my favourite Neko story, uh, as told to me by Dusty Payne, uh, which I think I've told on this program before, but I'll tell it again because it's a classic. Uh, this was just after Neko had been done for roids uh, for his back injury, supposedly. And uh, <clears throat> two years on the sidelines, he came back and he won a QS in fucking who knows where, Sakurama or Mauritius or somewhere, uh, beat Dusty in the final. And so there they are on the podium and uh, Neko gets his trophy and, uh, you know, he's speaking to his crowd in Portuguese, the native tongue. And, you know, he starts low, just, you know, kind of talking, talking, and uh, bit by bit, the the volume goes up, the, the tears start to flow, the, the crowd's going absolutely ham, it's just a fucking cacophony of chaos and celebration, and uh, Dusty's just there going, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Threatening to go hunting, Huntington Beach, speck on the right, and start tearing the scaffolding down, they're all just cheering, and Neko's bawling his eyes out. And uh, apparently, later on, Dusty heard that, yeah, he just basically explained his entire story of, you know, going down the rabbit hole of, of the ban for steroids, of drug addiction, of going to rehab, of clawing his way back bit by bit, uh, and, and eventually winning this highly rated QS, beating someone of Dusty Payne's ability, uh, you know, like generations apart. And not only that, Dusty Payne, for sure, one of the greatest talents of his generation. Yeah, he didn't really put it together on the CT, but there was not a more picturesque, mm. optically pleasing, stylish surfer uh, in all kinds of conditions, really. But yeah, that was a... You know, he, he's toughed it out, Neko. He deserves a bit of respect for that. Uh, mm. Yeah, sure, he might have been on the jabs. He might be on the blow. And, you know, <laughs> he might have had a reeking, stinky style. And, you know, his signature maneuvers would generally a power gaff on a, a, a two to three foot uh, foamy closeout. Mm. But he toughed mm. it out for him. He's a battler. Nah, He's got plenty I'm, of grit. Love Neko, mate. I love Neko. i got so much uh, respect for him and respect for all of his peers of that time because there would be no Brazilian Storm without those guys. They may not have, you know, they may not have, have made the... Uh, the mark of this generation, and I agree with you, you've got to put it in consistently time and time again in 
waves of mortal Kona queens, those giant manoeuvres that, you know, stop the world in their tracks. But there would be no Brazilian storm without him. So he's got a point. There'd be no Brazilian storm without a couple of signature Neko layback hacks. And, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, speaking of making your mark, Vaughn, some terrible news, actually. Sad to bring this to you about our four-time world champion and son of a used car salesman, Mark Richards. He's uh, sadly developed shingles. And, um, yeah, yeah, true, you know, core, no-bullshit Newcastle fashion. He's taken to Instagram to share multiple sequences of his ragingly infected pussy back. I've seen oh, it. God. Uh, oh, God. Jeez, I mean, you know, typical just Merriweather, border riders, no bullshit MR here. You know, when most people are sharing photos of their best selves, living their hashtag best lives, eating their hashtag best meals, <laughs> MR's just going, have this with your cake and eat it, eh? Go on, have a gander at this while you're scrolling at the dinner table. A, a living surf legend with a back oozing with pus and red rashes. Ah, uh, jeez, it's awful. Uh, but here's what he had to say, Vaughn. Shingles outbreak on my back and side. Ten days in so far. Constant burning and itching combined with stabbing pains. Stab, stab. If you have had chicken pox, it can re-emerge as shingles years later. I'd seen health department ads on TV warning of the risk of shingles when you're into your 60s, but had barely glanced at them. I dismissively thought, I'll never get that. I wish I had paid a little attention and spoke to a doctor and learned a little more about it. Sounds like it can take up to a month to fully clear up and there's the possibility of ongoing nerve pain for months after the skin blisters and inflammation has cleared up. I hadn't been vaccinated against shingles, hopefully back in the water around Christmas. Now, Vaughan, it doesn't stop there. He uh, chips in a few, uh, was that, a week or so later to, to give us an update. Uh, mm. 14 days now into my shingles outbreak on my back and side. Thanks to everyone who sent good wishes and suggestions on my post last week. Much appreciated. The blisters have broken and started to heal, but I still have the constant burning and itching combined with numbness and pain. My doctor checked it out yesterday, and it's progressing as he expected. Hopefully, once it's healed, I don't end up with the constant nerve pain, which is said, which he said can last up to six months. Jeez, sure wish I'd taken more notice of the health department ads on TV warning of the risk of shingles when you're into your 60s, and uh, I think he's actually, uh, yeah, he's kind of repeating himself there. But, Vaughn, uh, mate, plenty of grit in that. Holy shit, I am uh, looking yeah. at the photos now, and uh, it's put me off my Christmas dinner. Let's put it that way. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give it a wide berth if you're about to uh, sit down for your big, uh, I don't know, post-Chrissy leftovers lunch, because uh, it kind of does look a little bit like, um, I don't know, uh, four-day-old ham or mm. something like that, but... Dude, uh, he's got he's got form in this. He had a couple of skin cancers cut off his fingers a while back, and he, he shared that. And I just can't help but think, like, is this actually the kind of this is what we expect and what we we need from our heroes, isn't it? Just blunt, hardcore truth. Just uh, you know, no filter, no uh, yeah, no sort of uh, masquerading that everything's going good because the first thing you think when you look at these things is, oh my god, I do not want a piece of that. Oh. So, I mean, in a way, it's the ultimate public service announcement. And, um, yeah, I mean, I do a lot of driving, Smithy. So, like, my hands are always on the steering wheel, always in the sun. And as soon as I saw uh, MR's fingers, I was like, i got to go get a skin check, like, right now. I was just tripping me out because it was disgusting, mate. His fingers looked like, you know, these pussy little vestibules that, 
Um, yeah, they look kind of almost like uh, those little party franks mm. after he'd had all the treatment on them. And I was like, let's, uh, let's get more of this. Let's get more of this happening out there because it does kind of spark you into action. I appreciate MR for sharing. Yeah, I appreciate him for sharing too, Vaughan. I, I think it is a step in the right direction in terms of truth, clarity, pushing back on the, the fake news and the, the fake lifestyles of the Instagram and social media elite. More world championship surfers sharing more pussy skin conditions. I think it can only be good mm. for humanity, Vaughan. Uh, just more truth, yes. really. That's what we want. That's what we're after, Vaughan, isn't it? Truth, yep. really. More truth on the gram, more waves of truth on the was. Listen to Medina. Speaking of waves of truth, the goat got an absolute nougat at Soup Bowls recently. Uh, this was on Surfline's Instagram. Go and have a squeeze. Even got a little finger-waving claim from the 11-time greatest of all time, Vaughn. Uh, that's how fucked up this thing was. A backless double-up, knifes it, thing throws about six to eight feet wide. He weaves through one chandelier, then another, and comes out. Fucking mind-melting. I mean, how old is this guy? Like, what, almost 51? Wow. Uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, looks to me. I mean, I've, I've watched him. That's his favorite wave, uh, Soup Bowls there in Barbados. And, you know, he's had plenty out there. But this might be one of the best he's had out there because it's a fucking mm. stonker. So watch out, Pipe Masters. It's around the corner and the goat has form in cones of mortal coniquence. Uh Yeah. And just uh, while we've got a little goat watch going on here, Smithy, what are you sensing for the goat in 2023? Because there's been a lot of speculation. Uh, he said it himself on our last potty. You know, he was tired. Uh, we've we've just put the um, the West Oz app back up. It's a, it should just be like a one or two scrolls down your, your page if you want to go and have a listen to it. But he does say in there, you know, I'm a bit tired. I don't know if I've got full years in me, but he doesn't need much of a carrot, the goat. To change his mind, you know, he's um, he's just had like an incredible off-season surfing his favourite wave, reconnected with old friends down there, uh, always good for the goat spirit molecule, back to full vibration, Pipe Masters just around the corner, his favourite comp, and it's a, I'm pretty sure it's an Olympic qualifying year, like if you uh, finish in the top two for your respective country this year, you're, you're good for a start at the 24 Paris Olympics, so... There's plenty of carrots, mate. It's raining carrots, and the goat loves a little nibble on a carrot, mate. Nom, 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 you know nom, it, nom, I know nom. it. Goats love nibbling carrots. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, I'm just expecting him to do well. What's your feel? What's your feel uh, for the my goat? My feel is he'll go skits at pipe, uh, no worse than the quarters if it's quality, which you'd expect it would be in January. Uh, you know, and Obviously, he'll be at Chopes. to get a strong result there. I mean, in, in terms of motivation and goals. Yeah, as you said, making the Olympic team is surely it. I mean, with the event held at Chopes, fuck, he could very likely medal there, regardless of age. That's well true. into his 70s, he could get a bronze at least. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, maybe, you know, he's really he's really in a bit of a, a predicament there with, with John and, and Chloe, uh, the trio, and, and Griff. Well, Griffin is... is- Going to be a huge threat this year. Yeah. Oh, and then you, you got Seth as well. Because it's, it's just a fucking spanner in the works to have Hawaii recognized as America. So I, I don't know. Maybe mm. you can have a chat to Tulsi, get some uh, get some kind of uh, separatist angst drummed up, get break out the AR-15s. You know, you have a chat to Barker, have a ch- chat to Kyborg. You know, there's no shortage of uh, malignant rage directed 
at the American mainland from the uh, core Hawaiian. So maybe that's his best bet for him, just a, a, a breakaway mm. uh, kind of guerrilla war in the, in the mountains there of uh, Wahiwa and Kauai. And uh, yeah, just kind of rid the uh, rid the island's bra of the American infidels. And that's probably his best window to getting into the mm. Olympics because, yeah, I just can't see him besting John Griff and Kaloe. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a tall order. For a man who, uh, you know, fire out. It's, it's a, they are some competitive fire brands, two of the best surfers on planet Earth in that mix, and Chloe, probably uh, the 73rd best surfer in the world. So, uh, <laughs> not an easy task. Nah. Well, well let's just uh, keep our fingers crossed that the gate doesn't go anywhere because far out, I love having him on tour, mate. It just, it, just, it just makes the whole thing shine that little bit brighter. Couple skits wipeouts in Phone Zone, Vaughn Corn. Uh, Parker Coffin got absolutely done up a beauty. Uh, yeah, just a fucking classical backside tube where he gets sent over the handlebars and face first into some rocks. Um, looks a bit like backdoor. You know, the thing just squares out and he gets trapped in that square pocket just in front of the foam ball and gets uh, the old bum tap straight into the rocks. Common way to go down backside, isn't it, Vaughn? You know, especially when you get thrown mm. those little um, square sections deep in the pit, you know, a little rib coming at you suddenly goes square. And front side, you seem to be able to navigate them a bit better. But, yeah, it's the one glitch of pig dog backside cone dwelling. He's just been able to a- adjust mm. to those little fragments of water that are changing shape while you're deep in the cone zone. And, fuck, he, uh, he paid a serious price. Uh, here's what he had to say about the shellacking. When it goes from dreamy to scary really quickly. Yesterday, I took off on a perfect looking wave and pulled in, hit an unexpected ledge in the barrel and got off balance enough to get mowed by the foam ball. The way I fell sent me straight into the reef, onto my face and shredded my left eye and nose. Dazed and confused, I came up in time to get a loud yell and a big breath before taking the next wave on the head. Lucky for me, the crew in the lineup was quick to grab me and help me get to shore. Spent the day in the hospital getting tests on my brain and eye, and it's looking like I'm all good. Just boarding a flight to Miami now to get into surgery tomorrow morning. Can't thank the Bahan support crew enough for their hospitality and support for the last 24 hours. You all know who you are. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Baja, yeah, fuck, who knows where this is? You can't really tell. But, uh... Mm. Yeah, another one, Vaughn. I mean, what do you got? Anything to say on that? I trip out on when your worst wipeouts happen. Like, it's so weird that you can get away with so much murder in the surf. Uh, You know, like, you can be in in waves that are so hectic and because your senses are heightened, you either avoid situations or you can kind of be cagey about, you know, like, avoiding mass injury especially when you're serving slabs or anything like that but if i think to my worst wipeouts man like i remember doing a floater on like a one foot like not even a foot maybe a half a foot little shorey but it really slapped the sand and i kind of like lost my balance as i was doing the floater and i didn't want to snap my fins out and i kind of just had this moment of indecision and i just tailboned on dry sand you know for on a, on a one footer and I was rolling around on the ground like a fucking harpoon seal dude. Just going, arr, arr, just winded and just couldn't even 
breathe and there were, you know, beach joggers and stuff going past me and it was like I was just in a state of pure spasm. And um, I was just going, fuck, that's the worst surf injury I've had in so long. Like I'd fucked my back and I was out for two weeks kind of thing. And I was actually just, uh, shout out to Luke Stedman who did a real similar thing. He he, uh, did a little one foot floater at uh, Belongil the other day, like the world's most harmless wave when it's, when it's, you know, anything under sort of three foot. And um, yeah, the nose of his board just speared through his his lips, and um, now he's got the. Well, I mean, you know, don't fear too much, mate. Yeah, living in Byron Bay, if there's one thing everybody wants, it's huge collagen filled <laughs> duck lips, and uh, he's got a couple of absolute rippers right now. So watch his Instagram followers just go through the roof in the coming ha, weeks. Ha, but ha. Heal up soon, Sedzy. Heal up soon, mate. It's going to be a a fairly. Uh, I think he's just going to be eating a lot of his Christmas dinner through a straw. Yeah. But uh, don't worry about that. He'll be pouting up a storm in those Instagram selfies while he's eating that Christmas dinner <laughs> exactly through right. a straw. And my take on this is, you know, you can blow all the four to six foot tubes you like. I think, like, in that in that realm, it, it's fairly inconsequential. Like, yeah, there's a law of averages that will catch up with you eventually. But once you move into the next bracket, once you're into the, the eight to ten foot range, you the, mm. the beatings are so violent and uh, the amount of just explosion and energy that dissipates around you, um, I think that you really can't fall on too many in that bracket. I think that you, you get injured really quick and the top guys know this and that's why you know their make rates uh, are really high because if you're going to send it on waves of that consequence you gotta know you gotta make it you have to make it mm. you, the, the, you know if anything goes wrong underwater if you hit rocks or if you hit your board the amount of just energy that's exploding around you means you're gonna get fucking opened up like an overripe cantaloupe horn mm-hmm. and uh speaking of which another fucked up wipeout holy shit this one is a doozy uh rollo montez the puerto rican slab shaman Mm. Fuck, mate. He has done himself a real mischief here. Uh, jump over to the Quicksilver Instagram if you want to check it out. But um, basically just got fucked up at home on that skit slab they've got in Puerto Rico, which is kind of a glorified closeout in front of rocks. But uh, God damn, it churns out some Mondo cones and does give you the uh, the option to, to straighten out of the pit. I don't see many guys kicking it out over the back, but... This is as evil a wipeout as you'll ever see paddling. Uh, a genuine eight-footer. He knifes it under the ledge, but loses contact with the face on the way down. And, and just that little bobble where the fins just disengage a bit, it, it causes his back leg to slip off, fanning style. He does the splits, uh, tearing his hemi, and then just gets flogged to within an inch of his life on the bottom. Comes in covered in cuts, Broken scapula, torn hemi. Uh, you can watch the footage. It is so brutal. He's going to be sore for a while, Vaughn. But uh, yeah, you got to pay to play uh, at that level in those kinds of waves. Slab surfing is skits. Don't get it twisted. It is not for the faint of heart. And those cunts at the top of the game deserve their money. It is the pinnacle of surfing, in my opinion. The rocky, mm. sharp, barnacle, encrusted pinnacle, as it were. And it'll get you. It'll get you one day, Smith, if you get your, like you said, mate, risk it for the biscuit, but sometimes the cookie crumbles. That's exactly right, Vaughn. Uh, the cookie crumbled for Smithy earlier on in the year on a trip down uh, to the desert with Fun Boy and uh, 
Oh, of got course. Got my corn, f- well, not fully punctured, but, you know, like, fuck, it, it made it to the outer rings of Uranus, let's put it that way. And, uh, yeah, plenty of blood and skin left on the rocks in a very remote part of the world with nay but a green whistle delivered to me by a swellian to calm the pain. Just ripped a couple of hot ones in the dust while <laughs> blood dripped from my bum hole into the uh, guy in uh, cesspool. Yeah, it was uh, quite a traumatizing experience, Vaughn. So there you have oh. it. Happens to the best of them and uh, even happens to Smithy. Born Indonesia bans sex. Tidak jiggy jig, tidak make banana cry. Say it ain't so Oh good. no! What is going to happen over here, mate? Hope they've, have they built like 16 new Kuribakans and they're just going to get Westerners straight off the plane and just file them straight into prison? They may as well because, uh, I mean, if there is one of the true glories of being an Australian, it's going over to Bali, getting your hair, put into some braids, getting your bintang singlet, getting shit the bed drunk, and just waking up covered in stale semen. <laughs> Glorious. <laughs> Glorious. And, uh, oh, yeah, I saw this can story. You it's, it? so, it's actually the most fucked law I've seen in so long. I mean, there, there is some dodgy shit out there, especially when you get down into the American southern states. There's, there's laws that have been around since, you know, way back in the day that are just so hard to believe. But this, as a new law, is just madness. This is what they have to say. This is uh, from CNN, the reputable woke snowflake cunts. But uh, here's what they had to say anyway. Uh, Indonesian lawmakers unanimously passed a sweeping new criminal code on Tuesday that criminalizes sex outside marriage as part of a tranche of changes that critics say threaten human rights and freedoms in the Southeast Asian country. The new code, which also applies to foreign residents and tourists, bans cohabitation before marriage, apostasy, don't even know what that means, and provides punishments for insulting the president or expressing views counter to the national ideology. Jesus, that's a worry. Uh, Or... Yeah. All have agreed to ratify the draft changes into law, said lawmaker Bang Bang. Jeez, isn't, isn't that an unfortunate name? I mean, criminalizing sex and his <laughs> name's Bang Bang. Uh, <clears throat> bang Bang Warianto, uh, he led uh, the parliamentary commission in charge of revising the colonial era code. The old code belongs to Dutch heritage and is no longer relevant. Mm. Uh, the penalty, if caught... Uh, is one year in prison and a lifetime of deep shame. Now, it's it. So hang on, hang on. The penalty if caught in flagrante delicato. Yes, yes. What is it? Fla- flagrante delicato. Yeah, I don't. That's that's the official term. I right? mean, uh, flagrant, flagrant delicato. That it's a strange <laughs> euphemism for the old in out in out, isn't it, Vaughn? <laughs> I love it. Wow, man. Um, it's. Wish I'd known. I wish we'd known it was called that when we were in Mullum High. Yes, a uh, a uh, Janelle fancy bit of a flagrante delicato behind the dunnies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that's good. No, I'm good well, for yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's a it's it's a wild law, mate. Uh, it's a bit one. Pe- <laughs> I saw yeah, that, it's a bit. Yeah, go on. Oh, I just I saw. Um, you know, I think it was the minifers. For tourism, saying yeah, don't worry about it. Just yeah, make sure you keep coming to Bali, Bali and in Indonesia. Keep coming, like 
It's not that big a deal. Oh, like, keep coming. Keep coming. This. Go and keep coming. I know. Come but over. Was just come over in there. Don't come anymore. Don't come once you're here. I know, mate. Come and then well, don't uh, come. Just, it's a heavy one. And what about the uh, the surf instructors over there? Oh, they're going to be well, out of business. The local surf I instructors. Mean, that, that's one of the, the most brutal low blows, uh, well punned, to an industry I've ever encountered. I mean, we all know that a big part of the experience for Scandinavian women going over to these local surf schools is getting uh, punctured by one of the strapping young Balinese mm. surf school instructors. It's a, it's a, it's part of the the package deal, mate. Uh, the package deal. It's written on the fly. To get a, it's written on well, the that's flyer. That's it. It says, learn to paddle, learn to duck dive, get flagrante <laughs> delete delicatoed till your fucking eyeballs fall out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly right. I mean, well, oh, it's, 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 it's part of the package deal that you get a gobful of Balinese package on arrival. It's a huge under, but just make sure you're not under anyone when you're getting your under. That's right. I mean, there's a bit to un- unpack here too, Vaughan. I mean, the old code belongs to Dutch heritage and is no longer relevant. It's my understanding that Indonesia is more and more teetering in the edge of ra- like a more radicalized version or a more conservative brand of Islam, which is a serious concern. I mean, Bali is this tiny little uh, Hindu outpost that is, uh, you know, mm. just vibrant, full of life, expression, uh, freedom of expression. It, it really is a... Uh, kind of a utopia in the scheme of that country, which is increasingly going into this conservative, religious horseshit. Uh, And, Mm. you know, I can see why uh, it's lapsing further and further towards Islam after hundreds of years of colonial rule and then neo-colonial exploitation by the CIA and multinational corporations ripping out all their resources. Yeah. And not to mention just even just the, the fucking land grabbing going on by Western you know, money at the moment. Like you, you go out to the far reaches of any Indonesian island and there is so much fucking land getting bought up, man. Like it's kind of just being pilfered out from underneath. And um, you can you can understand the the need to you know protect it in any way possible, but the the protection being you know a radicalized religious sort of doctrine is is not necessarily going to play out well for anyone in the long run. I mean, how worrying is it that they're trying to ban? Uh, what was the exact? Yeah, insulting the president or expressing views counter to yeah, national ideology. That's scary. What? That's fucking scary. I mean, scary. that's uh, that's kind of like Thailand has those kinds of laws. You insult the king and mm. get some fucking 90 lashes and some fruit pegged at you in the stocks in the main yeah. square. It's some fucking wacky and uh, anachronistic horse shit. And I'm so yeah. tripped out that we're dealing with this in 2022. Oh, man. Well, fucking look at the... Um, Afghanistan, dude. Like, the Taliban has just fucking literally banned women from attending universities two days yeah. ago. Yeah, and you've got... Like, the, the the harder you lean into that fundamentalist thinking, the, the way less freedom you have, like, a, as, as it as it grows and gets more powerful. Like, it's just fucking... It is, it is a scary prospect, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that has all the elements of an autocratic dictatorship. Jeez, uh, I mean, far out, Vaughn. Not in our favourite archipelago. I mean, the fuck. Are you kidding me? I'm not, not going to be able to make banana cry. Or uh, and how are they going to police this anyway? Like, uh, 
how are they get? I mean, what what's it going to come to? Drones, 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 CCTV video. in every room. He basically yep. going to be living in a prison. That's well, it. That, uh, Big brother has arrived, my friend. Like, penalty, penalty of court in flagrante delicato. Under. I mean, are we going to be looking at uh, police checkpoints where they're you know just sniffing the tippy of Japs eye for <laughs> any recent spillage? Like, uh, are they going to be? Oh, snooping no. around your missus, uh, your missus parts, you know, swabbing and jabbing and uh, who knows what to get to the bottom of this carnal injustice or carnal miscarriage of justice. I mean, jeez, mm. it really opens. I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say it, Vaughn, but it really does open a Pandora's box. <laughs> Massive under. And finally, uh, yeah, some some big changes here, Vaughn. Mooted or mooted. I don't really know what the pronunciation of that word is meant to be, but yeah, the Wazzle has muttered some changes here in a recent email sent to competitors. Uh, the WSL outlined their proposed changes for the forthcoming 2023 season. And the notable changes include, Vaughn, a mandate for competitors to use wearable technology that can be used to capture biometrics and send live updates on priority wave scores, score requirements, and time remaining. Uh, this is subject to a final review. And when they say wearable technology, I mean, a lot of people uh, immediately think of a watch or some kind of uh, wrist device. But, you know, there's mm. no reason that uh, it, it might not be a, you know, a bejeweled uh, G-string uh, for our male competitors uh, with, with all mm-hmm. kind of electrodes uh, measuring, uh, you know, it could be a new criteria for the judging. How rinsed is his corn after that ride? Um, and yep. really the only way we know how to get to that is to have some invasive technology fair up the date. Um, so, yeah, controversial. Uh, yep. uh, your take on, on wearable technology, Vaughn? Um, oh, I guess it, it's... Is this a requirement for the uh, WSL to go back to Indonesia so there's no uh, flagrante delicato going down uh, during the contest window? Mm. Is it is it you know is it going to measure the biometrics of you while you sleep? Do you have to keep it on during the whole the length of time of the event? Okay, well, where do, where does it stop here, Smithy? Yes, that's right. Where does it I end? Don't know. I, I don't think that's necessarily a thing. That just seems to be like information and and just sort of avoiding issues with. Yeah, it all feeds just into the narrative of, of like, you know, taking the broadcast to the next level. So that one's not too bad. But the second one here is a good one, like waiving the requirement for CT surfers to surf in CS events. So I'm basically saying that in the past, all CT people had to surf two Changers at least a year just as part of their, their contract. That's gone. I love that one, man. I, I really feel like, you know, if... It's on the surfer then to see how badly they really want to surf in a Changers event and whether they want to disrupt the uh, the opportunity for Changers surfers to try and make their dreams come true. Yeah. Because once you've qualified, man, there's no point going on the Changers. Like, there's zero. So why would you? That's right. Out of pure fairness, they just had to do it. It'll be a loss not to have CT guys in those Challenger Series events, but fuck, man, it was just brutal to watch guys coming up so close, so but just short of CT yeah. qualification because they lost a heat to fucking John John or something. And I feel like they actually should go a step further and just say you can't do it because just because the Halle Eva is a comp that a lot of a lot of CT guys like to surf in just to get their Hawaiian season cranking, and um, it just uh, you know like fuck, it's there's too much on the line, man. Like, we saw that with John John, you know, winning that last event and barely even cracking a smile 
to lift up his trophy. It just meant nothing to him. So it meant so much to to Morgan, to Dylan, to Chippo, our three guys who finished 11, 12th and 13th just outside the cut. And meanwhile, the guy who takes the 10,000 points doesn't even care. It's a, oh, it's a it's weird gnarly. One. I mean, uh, I heard some reports that John John's uh, Halle Eva Pro Trophy was actually found next to a trash can at Halieva Beach Park, overflowing, with, surrounded by spam cans and, uh, sl- you know. Uh, so that's how yeah. much it meant to him. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It's a good rule. I, I reckon they co- probably could take it a, a step further just to um, just to keep Halieva, you know, as it should be, which is the last chance qualifier. Uh, wild cards, this is a good one. Point three, Smithy, no longer allowed to receive rankings points. To be able to qualify for the CT through wildcards or compete for the world title. So this is something that all the CT surfers have signed off on. Uh, Baron Mamiya, obviously, is the uh, the surfer they're talking about. Um, and I think um, Moana was given quite a few opportunities as well to try and qualify after winning the Pipe Masters. But now a wildcard is just exactly that. It's just a wildcard. You don't get the points. You can't use it to springboard and leapfrog, you know, the, the career... Changers, competitors, and I think it's fair. Mm. Fanning was right, Vaughan. ELO was wrong if you cast your mind back to our Torquay tussle there between the uh, newly minted Wazzle Supremo and and Fanning was about to explode, about to fucking rip the shirts off and start grappling right there in the pub. We'll we'll whack that up. Let's whack that up as a a repeat app in the coming weeks. Yeah, it's a cracker. Um, And, yeah, I mean, some interesting stuff regarding the sponsorship kind of uh, saga. No wearing of hats and holding of bottles and cans with brands that are not sponsored of the Wazzle on the award podium. Oh, geez, sounding a, a bit like an Indonesian autocracy with that one, aren't they, Vaughn? I mean, <laughs> anything about, uh, yeah, anything about uh, Flagrante Delicato mm, in here? No, maybe? I think it's still being mooted in the boardroom, though. Um, mm. But uh, still on the sponsorship, no holding boards in post-heat interviews or on the podium. So they're fully stripping wow. uh, all of the major surf brands from the broadcast. That is, that is so weird when the majority, you'd have to say the majority of winners are companies that support events. Like what, how many people are winning comps? I guess Florence the, uh, Marine is the most likely guy to win multiple events and have a sticker, like, you know, on the broadcast. But, I mean, is that a threat to the was? I don't know. I'm not sure what the thinking is with this. I mean, ELO, he's shown that uh, he's prone to making decisions that really uh, rankle with the all-time competitive surfing greats, a la Fenning, a la the GOAT. So uh, we'll see if this one lasts, Vaughn. We'll see. Time will tell. Well, there's a couple of uh, monster uh, energy drink sponsored surfers and Red Bull actually support the tour. So uh, it's it seems maybe like it could just be a full strong arm from uh, the two of them to get, get rid of those other competitors. Because mm. there's not that many different hats and stickers, is there? Like most of them, most of them do support events. Yeah, no. Don't know, don't know. We'd, we'd, it's a, definitely a power play, that one for sure. Well, that'll do us for uh, Have a great non-denominational gender-neutral restive period. Uh, try not to get yourself cancelled in the holiday period and uh, we'll see you on the other side. I'll try, Smithy, and uh, best wishes to you and yours. 
during this little break, mate. We'll be uh, pumping out the eps. But, mate, what a fantastic year. And I think we'll uh, next time we get together for a regular ep, we'll, uh, we'll be doing a best of, hey? We'll, we'll go through and pick, cherry pick some of the big stories of the year and, and have a, a little bit of an Ain't That Swell 2022 classic moments catch up. Oh, very Hamad. A very Hamad indeed, born. Au revoir, my friend. And... Uh, Happy Fragrante Delicato. Ah, uh, I will be. Uh, I will be indulging. That's for sure. I'll be uh, getting some runs on the board and uh, depositing my vast semen stocks before I head off to the Indonesia Archipelago. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> weekend friday the 6th 7th and 8th of january get there four o'clock burley bowling club for ain't that swell live free with lobby o'brien and ryan callanan the man
Leave them by the door. 